Hello, you are listening to the Bromley Buzz podcast. My name is Darren Weir of Intune PR, co-presenter with Zenat Narani of Vida della Mariposa Coaching. And we've recorded an interview at Bromley Little Theatre, which we love so much, we're releasing it as a special standalone issue of Bromley Buzz. Enjoy. All right, well, this uh, recording is coming from the a back room in the Bromley Little Theatre, uh, where... The ladies' um, makeup room. The dressing room. Yeah, and we're with uh, Keith, who uh, is a, a head honcho here. Uh, if I, it's probably never been described in those terms, but I'm starting. No, no I haven't. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm chairman of the board of trustees, but that's through long service rather than any particular talent. Yeah. so um, modest. Uh, whereas uh, actors, are, actors these days, just actors, uh, are by definition meant to be immodest, and uh, we've got Alice Foster uh, with us, um, who is in the current production and also has a behind-the-scenes role. Yes, I do the publicity and marketing for the theatre, as well as standing up on the stage and performing when I'm allowed to. Well, th- thank you for following <laughs> us on the uh, Bromley Buzz Twitter in that case, uh, indeed, uh, as yourself as well. Of course. And uh, just in case Keith didn't warn you, I might ask you to do a little bit of uh, um, a couple of lines from your current production later on you if you should choose. You didn't warn me, but that's okay. That's why, You're that's well why I got to now. You've got time <laughs> to think about fine. that. Yeah, if she can't remember them, we're on a bad, bad place. Don't say that much <laughs> in this one, but it's like... <laughs> i tell you what, if, if it was a mime play, I'd be in real trouble at the moment. <laughs> Anyway, the theatre itself, uh, we're local, this is local, this is very close to Bromley North Station. Uh, it's um, uh, a really lovely building, tucked away very slightly, but you can see the Bromley Little Theatre sign from the road. But I've always felt, because of the quality of the productions I've seen here, and I've seen a few, that it's actually quite a professional theatre, even though it might be more considered by those in it, it's... Um, a charity, an amateur thing, a youth thing, yeah. a community thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think we technically fall under the branch of amateur, mm. but I don't think anyone here considers themselves to be amateur. We call ourselves non-professional because we're not paid, but the quality mm. of work if we are doing is to such a high standard that, you know, it could be a fringe production. And certainly when you look at our backstage crews, we have a lot of people that have been working professionally on stages uh, for the BBC and for mm. your major West End shows for 20 odd years. And so they come with a whole wealth of experience that you don't often get and therefore we take a lot of advantage of to help elevate our shows and things like that. And one of the beauties of it as well, it works the other way around. It also is uh, a production line for the stars of the future. Absolutely. We've had a few alumni Keith, do you remember the alumni? Uh, well, I'm very bad with names. Um, <laughs> uh, Zoe Tapp, who um, has uh, been on television a lot over mm-hmm. the last few years, and she started out here. In fact, I think I was did the sound on her first production here when she was uh, very young. Did Prunella Scale? Well, people like Prunella Scales yeah, and so on have back in the day. performed here back in the day, but not actually when we were uh, an amateur thing the the history of the theatre goes back over 80 years the actual structure if you like of the company has changed um so it's from the early 70s that we've been purely amateur before that there was a slight 
there was a bit of money floating around, mm. <laughs> but it's now purely purely unpaid. Um, and we became a registered charity about twelve years ago, um, and uh, and then more recently we've opened the doors up by having a public license so that anybody can buy tickets. Whereas before that it was very closed sort of organisation. Um, and we're we're trying now to actually open out even more and take some of our skills and uh, expertise to other organisations. So we're working with um, some local charities, uh, particularly with young people. Uh, Bishop and, Justice, um, Magpie oh. Dance, Casper, which is a children's autism society. Yeah. So we're really working on work on getting out there to the community because ultimately a community needs art and they need these spaces. And if we don't go out there, there's not a lot out there for them. So we are opening the doors to them. Yeah, and this is a, at a time when arts are being cut in absolutely. terms of government funding again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the creative uh, industries always been one of the toughest and I think yeah. to yeah and that was the life. tough thing about the pandemic I think for a lot of people was the assumption that we stopped we never stopped as a theatre we just pivoted online so mm. we did online YouTube shorts and we did a radio play that we got nominated for an award for Fantastic. and we did play readings and things like that so just because we couldn't get into the space didn't mean that we didn't exist we, we made it our mission to be there for people who needed that in a time that was really difficult you know, art should represent the society, and we pivoted to ensure we could carry on doing that. Well, to tell me then, in terms of both cast and behind-the-scenes people, what's the uh, age range you've got going? <laughs> well, it, it's it's immense. I mean, you've got the youth group in here today, which is why we're in the back room, um, and that runs from about eleven years up to eighteen, um, and members of that group after they've got suitably indoctrinated by our artistic director. We're not a cult. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they, they, they often perform in, in our main house shows. Um, but uh, I have to say the preponderance of our, um, perhaps, perhaps of actors, but certainly of the audience, is somewhat at the other end of the spectrum. Um, but we're trying to, to encourage younger people. I think it's changing because we are getting more young people onto the stage. You know, it's not amateur sort of has the perception of slightly fuddy-duddy and we do plays and shows that mm. are specifically not like that. So we do a lot of stuff that includes people that are in their 20s and 30s and that's how we get them in because they bring their friends in and then hopefully they come mm. back. There's a shift and it's happening but it's, it's a slow process mm. and, and it's something we've been working on for a long time. We're in the, the same business here. We are going to be getting school children and uh, people of all <laughs> ages and complexions on the, the show as well. And I love the fact that you're working with uh, a charity to do with autism as well. Because it's only in the last few years that you've actually got people in mainline TV shows uh, who are, or appear to be, on that spectrum. Mm. And some of them are really good as well. It's so much talent. So much talent. And you know, the more we can support that and bring it out, then that will help in the long term, especially with children, you know, get them early and then you can build those foundations for confidence and public yeah. speaking and working in teams. You learn so much when you're part of a theatre, not just how to perform, but how to be around people. Because ultimately, if you're working with a vast group of ages, it requires different attitudes and a lot of skills. And 
you know, not just the actual technical skills, but people skills. And that's one of the really important things about the theatre, we think. Yes, I, I actually I sidetracked me and cut this bit out. But I, uh, I remember... Uh, no, we don't do that. I remember, <laughs> I remember when my daughter said she wanted to do a drama at university. And uh, my, uh, my initial reaction, as a most fuddy-duddy parents, is, heaven's sake, no, you've got to do something sensible. Proper job. Um, and, Proper job, um, yes. <laughs> I then looked through the prospectuses for the shows and I thought, actually, these are the people I'd like to employ, not people who've necessarily done the academic courses um, because they've got those life skills which are so absolutely vital. Mm. And it kind of gives you that all-rounder as well. If you actually look at it in depth, it gives you so many aspects absolutely. of different elements that are combined into one, not just, you know, when you go into one specific career, it's just channeled into that. Mm. Here it's a broader range. And, uh, you know, especially now, I think a lot of children, and I've come from the educational background as a primary teacher, and you see that, and it's, it's frustrating because a lot of the times the drama and the art gets cut out, and the productions are once a year, and you might dedicate a week or two weeks just before, and it's not enough, especially for those children that really need it, like children with ADH, autism, even if they haven't got it, they need it. Yeah, we had, everybody's academic. We had, I believe it was Bishop Justice, come in a couple of mm. weeks ago, um, and they'd never sort of been on a stage before, and they were yeah. just running around. We have the rat run, which is where you go up, mm. up and either side of the stage. They are just having a great time, because they didn't know. And it's like, the magic of the theatre is partially the performance, but it's the backstage stuff as well, and yeah. it's, it's the things that people don't know, the little tips and tricks and and they really seem to enjoy getting the opportunity to be taken seriously yeah. we always take people seriously here and we respect them for their talent every time and it's great for the mental health and well-being isn't it yeah uh, you know uh, I think it was in the last episode of the one before we've just had uh, Emma uh, Radonescu yeah, I'm turning, she's even more Romanian than she actually is, Radicanu. <laughs> okay, she just won the US Open, and it, it was fascinating to listen to the commentators talking about it. Uh, Virginia Wade, for one, and I think another of the commentators, both said that when they were at school, their teachers said to them not to pursue tennis. Mm. Uh, and so, therefore, having any kind of an outlet that enables you to do the thing you love to do, whether it's within the environments of a school or whether it's in a theatre, an amateur thing that's out there. It's just so important. And that's why when we set up this podcast, which was only a few weeks ago, this was so high on our hit list of places we really wanted to come and be at and talk from. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, I mean, see, I'm going to ask you to do a bit of description in a minute, but <laughs> I, is, this a, is this actually a dressing room? Yeah, it is. It has the look of a dressing room to yeah. me. Uh, I've We've certainly not I've not seen so much, what's that, VO5 hairspray we, uh, We're doing a 1940s before. play, so it requires the ladies to have very coiffed hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got hair crimper there as well, Absolutely. big brush. You'll always find things like that in a dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> got a mirror looking, behind you. I'm looking for the lashes at the moment. Chocolate. Um, <laughs> we've got, we usually have wigs, I mean, they been put away clearly the many many hair grips you know and uh, we've obviously redeveloped the space so we've got more dressing rooms downstairs and hopefully we'll be moving over to them and you've got the essential clothes room as well sorry i'm interrupting of course of course i mean everyone needs their costumes and we've got about three costumes each in this play 
So we're like running backstage, like change, 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 change. Oh, we're fine. We're back. So the excitement of quick changes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, last episode we read, we read out, or Zena did, the description of the play. So you did. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we heard, and we were like, "That's not how you pronounce Helene Hans." <laughs> <laughs> So now they know in this episode. Absolutely. So it's. Hang on, hang on. We're, 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 we're a broadcast, right? So we should be doing the critiquing here, you not should. the other way you around. Should, but what can I say? I'm reprehensible. Okay. Actually, that's a point. We will be doing. Theater, but I'd be the same review. if I was doing my yeah. stuff and I know my things. I'd say, oh, that's not how you say it. That's not how you do it. <laughs> I'd be the same. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, Alice, can you. Tell us, in your own words, a little bit about the current production. I absolutely can. So, uh, we have 84 Charing Cross Road, and that's going on till Saturday. So, I don't know, I assume we'll have finished by the time this goes out, but um, it is the real-life story of Helene Hanf, a writer, and Frank Dowell, who is a a bookshop keeper of antiquarian books. And it's essentially the story of their letters that they sent each other back and forth for 20 years. And they never met. Um, they only ever communicated through the letters. But what it essentially ends up being is a love letter to literature and to the art of letter writing itself. And and there's a real friendship that grows from these letters that isn't just between Frank and Helene, it also includes the other people who work in the shop. So um, a young woman who was a mother and who left and who had a real impact on Helene because they started writing letters individually to each other. and it was really interesting because we we googled a lot of the people because they were real people and you can google Cecily Farr, Megan Wells mm. and they come up and they had whole lives and, and this particularly there was a photo we found of the son of Cecily who is mentioned in the play as boy four um, as like a 60 year old man now and it's, it's, it's a really touching sweet little play. Um, perfect autumn tonic, that's what we think. It mm. feels very autumnal, the idea of books and letter writing. So well, where did the writing come from? Who wrote this? Uh, oh my goodness, I don't have a script. Hang on, two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the right place. Yeah. He, James Roos Evans. I thought, oh, it was based on the book. By yes, her so Helene Hanf actually yeah. wrote the book of her letters, and she wrote that, I believe, in, I don't know, it must have been the 80s or something like that, or earlier, something like that. Don't hold me to that. Um, but she published these letters uh, through the entirety of um, the, the lifespan of this relationship. And uh, it was turned into a film by Anthony Hopkins and... Oh, who else is it? Annette something? Can't remember. Um, and then obviously been subsequently turned into a play. Uh, and now... We are doing it. But it's interesting, though, you're the, even though this thing, in a way, you could think of it's a bit of a fait complete. Oh, look, there's a script. Well, let's just put a few things together on the stage, get people to learn the lines, that's it. You're, you're, but you're adding your own twist and your own value on it, your own production. really hard, I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> this was played that we all walked in and we went, this is going to be so simple. And then we got about two weeks in and we are like, this is not simple. Because there's so much of, for us, certainly the ones who are playing the shop staff, We've got to be doing stuff constantly, but not so much as to draw attention away. You've got Frank and Helene who are saying these full-on, like, five-minute monologues Mm. at a time. They've got to learn those lines. Mm. We've got to be doing enough to be subtle and quiet while still showing that there's life in the bookshop. 
and it's just been so much trickier than I think any of us expected. It's been a real challenge, a real exciting challenge, but a challenge nonetheless. All right, well, I'd like to put um, someone on the spot in a moment about this, so if you'd like to help yourself to that script. That's not my script, that's the programme. Oh, the programme, oh, dear me. I know. Right, okay. Oh, the script is floating around backstage. Well, I'd like a, I'd like a feeder line so that you can um, go into some uh, part of the play, but um, I'd like to get um, Keith out of his back-to-scenes um, retirement here <laughs> and possibly give you the feeder line if you want to do, do it that I way. I mean... Yeah. It's very difficult because they are, that, this was the problem we found, it's very little cue. Uh, you essentially start the letter and it's, dear Miss Hanf, and that's how all of our, our letters and things... Oh, well, if it had been a real toughie, yeah. I think I might have um, not done that. But yes. I think with that start, Keith might manage that. So when you're ready... Keith? <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Dear, dear Miss Hanf. Um, dear Miss Hanf. This is to let you know that your Easter parcel to Marks & Co arrived safely a few days ago, but has not been acknowledged, as Frank Duell is away from the office on business for the firm. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Thank you very much. Maybe. I love an RP. Sorry, what's an RP? Uh, received pronunciation. Ah, okay, thank you. Well, the, you know, you can get into jargon. In, we interviewed in a gym the other day, and that got very technical as well. No, it's, it's Queen's English. Ah, beautiful. Oh, thank you much. Yeah. Well, you can carry on with Queen English for the rest of the interview, should you wish. I'm <laughs> enjoying that. No, um, I'm too common. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Crystal Palace and then I moved to Bromley. Had a few years away in Leicester whilst I was at uni and then couldn't, couldn't stay away from the place. <laughs> couldn't leave. And <laughs> this obviously serves the borough of Bromley and involves yeah. people of Bromley. Is the predominance of people who come through the doors here, not the audience so much, but the people who work here, are they Bromleyans, if that's a term? Well, in the broadest sense. In mm. fact, our artistic director and another of the directors come um, down from Deptford, but mm -hmm. uh, they're very committed to to Bromley drama generally. I mean, they, they do stuff at other, other mm. um, local theatres as well. Um, but yes, we pull people from all over the borough. Um, a lot of them perhaps start performing for one of the other small groups of amateur uh, actors around the borough, but tend to tend to gravitate to us because we have the better resources, the, 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 the building. Mm -hmm. um, for all its idiosyncrasies, it's the, it's the, it's the best there is um, for the amateur theatre in, in Bromley. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, people gravitate to this, to this location. And uh, it has to be said, people also disperse to other groups um, at other times. But uh, They come back. But, yeah, well, I mean, we, we want that spread. We don't... For too long, our theatre was rather introspective. And I'm very much trying to push the idea that we're, we're a small part very important part, but a small part of the artistic scene in Bromley. And we're actually liaising with the council, with the, the Churchill Theatre, with Bromley Arts mm. Trust, um, to, to try and build the awareness of what's going on in the, in the borough completely, not just about drama. Mm. Um, uh, entirely out of self-interest, because the more they know about artistic stuff, the more they'll come here. But... Um, I do believe, and it comes back to this mental health thing, that different people have 
different ways of doing it, but it's good for everybody to be involved in in the arts. And I speak as a uh, as an engineer. You know, I, I wasn't exposed to the arts much at all in my earlier life. Mm. Um, so it's been a quite an eye opener for me. And it's uh, you know, I always, I always say of the place that except when it's driving me mad, it's very good for my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, for all of us, a lot of us have jobs you know, like proper jobs, mm. and then we come here and it's essentially a form of therapy, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. There's a lot of comfort in knowing you don't have to be yourself for a couple of hours of the week uh, and just get to... You make real good friends, actually, as a result of being here. Um, and that's, that's the really nice social aspect to it that a lot of people forget. It's not just about performance, it's about yeah. the people. It is, yeah. And there's a lot said about that with, you know, bringing together as a community... Uh, just the, the relaxation, the mental health side of things. Because after all, we are um, by nature social creatures and we do need that communication yeah. and that time out, whether it's with people or without people or expressing yourself on stage with words or singing. So beautifully done as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I would also like to say that uh, one of the assets of bringing people together you have, you have a licensed bar. Cheapest, <laughs> cheapest bar in Bromley. No, no yeah. it's, it really is. People are yeah. like, they come here for the bar, and we're like, that's fine, come for the shows yeah. too. Yeah. And, and as I say, we have a public license, although we only open the bar to the public mm. on performance nights because it. Uh, yeah. Neighbours well, we don't, you know. don't want <laughs> us to be another railway tavern. Just, yeah, there's one, one of those immediately here. Oh, yes, right yeah. next door. <laughs> Lovely yeah. bar as well. We always end up there. It has been known. It's been there for a while. Yeah, I yeah. think they, well. they went under new management about, mm. I don't know, quite a few years ago. And mm. since then, they've really become sort of our home away from home. Yeah. So if we're not there, we're there. Right, well, we have a uh, What's On very mini section in the uh, weekly podcast. And this time, I think we can actually have part of it done by somebody involved in it. So um, would you like to tell us about what's coming up at the Bromley Little Yes, Theater? I absolutely can, because I do actually have the, the details. Program. The thing I thought was a script, yes. <laughs> The thing you thought was a script. <laughs> yes, so after we finish 84 Charing Cross Road, so that finishes on Saturday, whatever date that may be, I'm going to say the 19th, 18th or 19th? 18th. The 18th. Mm -hmm. So that finishes then. Then we have Living Together, which is uh, Alan Ickbourne, if I'm not much mistaken. Yeah, yes. Uh, and that is going to be playing from the 8th of October, and that's uh, a comedy, part of the Norman Conquest, if anyone knows it. They're a pretty famous uh, trilogy of plays where a man essentially tries to seduce every single member of his family. And oh. it is balmy. Uh, it's real good quality farce and, and, and really, really fun stuff. And we performed that um, in Heva over the summer period. So they've transferred down. Um, and it's the exact same actors and they're all incredible. Uh, and then after that, we have Alice Always, and that will be in November, uh, which is, because I don't know much about this one, a psychological thriller. It tells the story of Frances, a young woman who lives in a mundane life in the publishing industry, who one day stops to help at a fatal roadside accident. What motivates her subsequent distortions about what she has seen? That was done at the bridge um, about a year, two years ago. It was a very new, recent play, so I believe we may be one of the amateur premieres for it. Uh, and then after that, 
I believe you're already aware of our Christmas show. Oh yes, we're <laughs> <my friends. laughs> mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life, but we're not just doing It's a Wonderful Life, we're doing It's a Wonderful Life as a radio show. Amazing. So we're going to be taking mm-hmm. people back to the 1930s, we're going to have our Foley artists, we're going to have people up there doing all of the accents and performing it. So we've got a cast of, I believe it's eight, and they will be doing 40 characters between them. Uh, it'll be fast-paced, it'll be glorious Christmas fun. And then after that, we have our 2022 season, which is still slightly in the works, but keep an eye on the website and they'll be updated. Great Sorry, stuff. what's the website? BromleyLittleTheatre.org. That was really uncertain. I'm on it all the time, <laughs> so now I don't know the website. I just type in B and it comes up. But that's automatic when you're, t- when you're doing, I suppose when you're doing your marketing, exactly. you just pop, pop it in but, when you've actually got to say like, it. Oh I do that with my yeah. mine as well. Yeah. Don't worry. So we have got most of the shows sorted for the first half of 2022. Fantastic. Um, but post-June, I believe there's still a few discussions um, that will definitely be updated as soon as it's secured. I think there's a few rights stuff going on in the background. Yes, a lot of them are shows which were going to be in 2020 and we've, we've brought forward. But of course, um, and, and the rights to those were, ex- were extended. It mm. was accepted by the publishers and so on that we... Yeah, we had to have the right to bring those forward. But then not all of them are we're able to get cast for and so on. So we've had to yeah, so substitute. We're, we're gonna be running auditions. So if any, you know, budding actors out there, again check out the website. We've got auditions taking place in October, in November, I think we've got a few in December, and that will be all for our shows in twenty twenty two. Oh, that's Great. really exciting. Yeah. And and anybody can audition. Yeah. You don't have to be a member of the theatre to audition. We'll take your subscription the moment you get given a part. But, um, you oh, they'll click on it. Believe yeah. me. I'll definitely take some details on that. I can um, announce that on the radio show as well. Brilliant. That'd be Weekly. fantastic. Yeah. Great stuff. Out there. That'd be fantastic. We've got mm. Shakespeare in Love, which uh, obviously the film that everyone mm. knows. It's going to be a big old romp. And that's got, I believe, oh, mad numbers, like 35 people in the company. So we'll definitely fantastic. be looking for a lot of people for that. Sorry, so you mentioned a radio show you're going to put it on. You might as well remind people which one it is. So oh, yes, so I'm talking as if everybody knows about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> the Mindset Matters. It's um, every Friday, 10.30 to 12. It's all about uh, mental health and well-being, bringing about awareness and stigmas around it and giving people that understanding, knowledge, skills to know that they're not alone and come along and share their stories. And I believe it's on Channel Radio. Channel Radio. And then it goes over to Anchor. It does um, go on to my Anchor podcast, so it can be downloaded from there or listen again. Okay. Right, well, sorry. Uh, the the next uh, question is about what things does the... Uh, and the last question, incidentally, I'll give you an early warning, <laughs> is uh, just to ask you about a couple of your highlights from your respective time here. But before I get on to that, because there's going to be a lot to choose from, hey. I'm sure, uh, what does the theatre need? going forward that um, is worth sharing here to anyone who's listening. Um, we've already touched on a couple. Mm. <laughs> it was already coming out with money. Yeah. Um, it's true. We have a very ambitious development plan for the for the building, um, which we recognise we're not going to be able to do in one hit, um, but it involves literally raising the roof. Um, where we are sitting now will become a... a a fire escape staircase, which um, is not going to be as steep as the existing staircases, Mm -hmm. so that will be better. Uh, In a subsequent phase, there'll be a new entrance staircase, new lift, all sorts of things to improve accessibility Mm -hmm. in its widest sense, 
um, improve flexibility of usable spaces so that we can do much more with the community. Um, we do, as I say, have these charities coming in at the moment, but yeah, they're having to accept us the way we are, and we we really want to be something else. The um, the figure that we need is too big to put on a podcast, mm. but uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. But a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of little pieces of money will be very useful if people are willing to donate. Um, it would be great. Um, mm. But the most important thing is to come and see our shows and mm. realise that it's worth supporting into the future. We've been here over 80 years. I would love to think that it'll be here for another 80 years oh, plus. Absolutely. Mm. Um, even if I might not live to see it. I'm going to be here till I die. I'm just, I'm going to be buried under the floor. I can accept it. <laughs> well, before that even happens, uh, if you would like to uh, tell me, Alice, a, a couple of the things that you particularly enjoyed uh, while you've been with Bromley Little Theatre, and then Keith can do the same. This is so hard, but it's really obvious at the same time, because it's the people. Mm. Like, I did Pride and Prejudice a number of years ago, and I auditioned, and I walked out, and I went... I haven't got it. I did terribly. Why would I, why would they hire me? I've got no talent. And then I got the call about two hours later saying, would you do the Lydia Bennett role? And I went, obviously. And then I met the rest of the cast properly and they've become my family. They are honestly, mm. the two girls that played my sisters are my best friends in the world. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about it for that experience. They came to see us in everything we do. We're the most supportive little theatre family. So they all came down to see when we did Midsummer. They came to see Photograph 51 when Megan was in it. We all went to see their Shakespeare show when it was down in Seven Oaks. And they are just honestly the most kindest, wonderful, loving people in the world. And I'm so grateful to the theatre for giving me those people. I would love to get a picture of that and put it out on our Instagram as we bring that into life as well. Do you know what? It's a shame that it's on a podcast because right now just seeing the sparkle and the energy and the glow that comes off you while you were saying that is incredible. I love them. If I was Keith, I wouldn't need a highlight because I've just seen one in front of me. But but if you do... Well, unfortunately I've got uh, over 30 years to pick from which makes it really <laughs> rather difficult um, but I think we, my wife and I joined as I say about 30 years ago and um, we offered to do a bit of backstage work moving props around but for the first show that we got involved with I got dumped in the sound box um, <laughs> not to play the sound but to create the sound and record it on reel-to-reel tape recorders. And basically I've learned a huge amount about theatre. I knew nothing before I came here. Um, And it's just been, well, it's the the centre of what I do. I spend far too much time here. Even if I don't need to, I spend time here. Um, And uh, I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself without it. Yeah, this place know. becomes home very quickly. Sense of being, isn't it? It's that magic you mentioned earlier on. Yeah. Something you haven't mentioned, I've just discovered in this copy of the programme. Oh. Yes, it says, want to advertise in the Bromley Little Theatre programme. Oh, program. we'd love that. Yeah, it says, email us to find out what our commercial advertising packages are. Contact funding at bromleylittletheatre.org. Mm-hmm. So to our business friends who are listening to this, 
get on with it. Yeah. And we're going to be doing some jingles that we'll be writing for It's a Wonderful Life in the style of the 1930s. So any Ooh. local businesses out there that fancy getting the BLT singing treatment, come yeah. on way. Would you like to record a little something which we can include on the podcast um, nearer the time? Sure, absolutely. So that would be absolutely I might cool. get one for my show too. Yeah. The Mindset Matters. Absolutely. I mean, I will have to talk to Pauline, the director, before <laughs> I rope us all in it. But she won't complain. <laughs> she won't. She loves me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I must say, it's been such a pleasure to come here. It, it's reminded me why it was such a priority to come here in the first place. Uh, this means so much to... Uh, so many people have been through these doors over those 80 years and it means so much to you too so yeah. thank you so much for your time doing this Z, do you want to wrap up with any more i think you said it all it's been you know an absolute pleasure meeting you and knowing more about the importance of uh, you know the bromley little theater because people do need to know about it not everybody does and the opportunities that it brings to young people, but even the people who want to watch the show. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it, it is a, a, a constant sorrow to us that people come around sometimes and say, I've lived in Bromley for 40 years mm. and I never knew you were here. Mm. And you think, how can that be? But then I've lived in Bromley for 15 years before mm. I found We all it, accidentally so, yeah. find this place, yeah. but once you find it. Well, I only found out about this about just a year before the lockdown. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, so there we go. Well, if anything, this uh, recording can do to uh, effectively engage the power of gossip on our behalf. Come to us, we're fun, we're lovely, we have a cheap bar, I promise you'll have a great time. (laughs) It's not all about the bar, though. It's not all about the bar. It's about the amazing (laughs) actors and actresses and all the people backstage that do an incredible job. It's the Friends for Life. And it's the Friends for Life, as he said earlier. I'm going to use this actually as a close of a show. Okay. Now, normally, what happens on the close of a show is two things. Firstly, I start to say um, who it is that's um, presenting the thing and um, our website addresses, and I get interrupted by Zena almost every time apart from last week. And then we go on to making a buzz sound uh, according to the name of the podcast. Now we're in a theatre, so if you can think of a more theatrical sound than a buzz, be my guest. How to panic an actress in uh, no time at all? Prof, do an actress that ever sort of get a fear of something or a yes. fright? Yes, that, that, that's the fear. Oh my goodness. Yes, I think the beauty of, of theatre though is that you see, you get it all get written down for you and you get to practice it. Um, it's still, I still haven't overcome my fear of talking from my own voice in public but I can stand on the stage and I I can do that and so it's it's you have set us an impossible task so I think we're going to refuse to do it aren't we oh my god I'm going to get them on my show I've got a better idea I've thought of the appropriate thing to do actually which we can all join in on what is the thing that you get at the end of every performance it's people clapping and hopefully cheering so we're going to have a a crack at that so uh, welcome to the audience (laughs) and uh, thank you very much for uh, having us at the bromley little theater we will be back yes you will we look forward to seeing you in the audience soon thank you and on the count of three one two three